Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. You know, I listen to Bickley and Murata. Terrific show, by the way. I really enjoy it. Bickley and Murata mornings from 6 to 10. Bickley and Murata. It's the greatest show on earth. Bickley and Murata. Good morning and welcome. Dan Bickley. Sports, man. Sports. Vince Murata. It's a power-packed morning zoo. Are you kidding me? Bickley and Murata. Bickley and Murata. I love this show. This is the greatest show in the history of radio. It's the greatest radio show ever. Bickley and Murata. I hate everything about this show. This is the worst show in the world. Good morning. Happy Friday, Valley sports fans. Wake up. We have arrived at the end of another long week. Super Bowl week is next week. So this is our last day, our last calm before the storm, if you will. And, uh, Vinny, I was thinking late afternoon yesterday that, that you know, this is one of the weekends that you wouldn't mind having a golf show. You know the golf shows that run every Saturday? Uh-huh. Sort of tailored to the niche audience, the guys who wake up on the weekends and they're heading to the golf course. And that was the first show I ever worked on at the station. Is that right? One of the first shows I ever worked on was a golf show, too. Because if I had a golf show this weekend, in fact, I could probably do a four-hour golf show today based off of what Phil Mickelson said yesterday. Did you see what Phil Mickelson said yesterday? I know he's been on kind of a tear lately. Talking, uh, he's I, I, getting he, chirpy. He's getting chirpy. He's, he looks dramatically different again. He's gone through another reinvention again. He's lost so much weight he doesn't even look like himself. People who see him are doing double takes. Yeah. It's like they carved him in half right down the middle. I think he's down a cup size. <laughs> I think he is. I think that's a good way of putting it. Uh, somebody brought up the idea to him that you guys on in golf really should do a Ryder Cup between the live golf guys and the PGA Tour guys. That would be real heat now. It would be real heat, and the idea was uh, was sort of offered as Phil. You could be the captain of the Live Cup team, and Tiger could be captain of the PGA Tour team. And it's like you think about that idea, and it blows your mind because it could, it would be gigantic. I mean, it would be real smoke, right? Oh yeah. So Phil came out yesterday, and said, "Yeah, that sounds great, but we would dominate them so soundly, it'd be over so quick. TV would have to fill an hour of dead time." So. That to me is quite something, isn't it? <laughs> I was just—I just looked up a picture. You're right; he looks like sickly almost. He, is, he looks weird. He is weird. embracing the the heel turn, to use the the wrestling term. Yes, he, uh, he's really enjoying wearing the black hat these days. That's a good point. Yeah. So, does Phil Mickelson have a point? If you if you put a Ryder Cup team together of all the live golfers, would they smoke the PGA Tour golfer? See, I could talk about that for four hours. <laughs> I mean, I, it, I, I get you guys for four minutes on that. It's impossible to, you know, d- diminish the the amount of talent that the Live Golf Tour has. Mm-hmm. They got big players. Um, I don't know any team with Rory McIlroy is spitting mad. Oh, I love and it. I'm not, Rory's I'm not spit, betting against Rory's spitting, Vinny. <laughs> Rory's spitting. I'm not betting against that. Can guy. Tiger use a cart? <laughs> yeah, that's that really might be what it comes down to, yes. right? Yeah, yeah. So the Live team, real quick. Dustin Johnson, Phil Mickelson, Cam Smith, Sergio Garcia, Brooks Kepker, Bryson DeChambeau, Patrick Reed, Bubba Watson, 
Ian Poulter, <laughs> Lee Westwood, okay, L- Louis Oosthuizen. That's a good lineup of guys. In the PGA Three, you might have John Rahm, Scotty Scheffler, Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, Rory, Tiger. I, I think it'd be I, a pretty good matchup. I, uh, unfortunately, it might be. Yeah. Did you see Bubba Watson's comments, by the way, on why he joined the Live Golf team? Oh, Vinny, why didn't we bring that up earlier? Oh, my goodness. Because his 10-year-old son can identify with who's on what team in the Live Golf team. Yeah, his his 10-year-old son, (laughs) allegedly, according to Bubba, just loves the Aces. Not the Yankees or the Celtics. He gr- he's grown up loving the Aces. Not even the Las Vegas Aces of the WNBA. That's no. a real team, by no. the way. No. <laughs> golf. Start the show, Ferret. No, live golf. That too. The Splash. Splash. The stories making waves in the sports world. The Splash. Animal. Animal coming. Animal coming. The Splash, brought to you by Presidential Pools, Arizona's number one pool builder. See why at presidentialpools.com. Oh, the Arizona Cardinals. Guess what, Vic? They're continuing their coaching search. They uh, conducted an interview yesterday, according to reports with Bengals offensive coordinator Brian Callahan. Uh, As that search continues now into day 25, I believe it is, Josina Anderson tweeted yesterday uh, she expects Aaron Glenn, the defensive coordinator of the Detroit Lions, to get another look at the head coaching job in Arizona as well. There doesn't seem to be much in terms of direction right now. I'm just telling you what my perception is. As two teams, the Cardinals and Colts continue to search for their new head coach. I hear hear people talk, well, Aaron Glenn has known the Murray family forever. I don't care if the new head coach has friendly relations with Kyler Murray. I want the new head coach to lay down the law, is what I want. Mm -hmm. I don't care if there's pre-existing relationships. I just want to get that off my chest. <laughs> yeah, I, Bick, you're spitting now. You're like well, Rory McIlroy over. Yes. The, the opposite is almost true. Like you want somebody to come in that doesn't have a close relationship with Kyler, so we could sort of, you know, off. We just went through this whole this whole mental gymnastics with Cliff and Kyler. Well, Cliff loved Kyler. Cliff recruited Kyler. Nobody knows Cliff's system better yeah, than Kyler. Nobody so. knows. They the way, know each other so well. How many times did that come up in Cliff Kingsbury's tenure as the head coach of the Cardinals? This is a guy who tried to recruit to Texas Tech. He didn't get any of those guys. He tried to. Anyway, that's maybe a gratuitous shot at Cliff Kingsbury. I wonder if it'll no, get to No, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, elsewhere in the NFL, an arrest warrant's been issued for Cincinnati Bengals running back Joe Mixon on a misdemeanor aggravated menacing charge. The arrest warrant stated that Mixon pointed a gun at a woman and said, you should be popped in the face. I should shoot you now. The police can't get me. Oof. The Bengals released a statement that said the club is aware uh, the misdemeanor charges have been raised against Joe Mixon. The club is investigating the situation and will not com- comment further at this time. Uh, his agent says the charges will be dropped today. When, so. when was the when was said incident? Wasn't it in the middle of the night, right before a road trip to a playoff game? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so all this come out after the Bengals have been eliminated. That's yes. convenient. Yeah. Uh, Suns start their five game uh, road trip tonight in Boston against the Celtics, who happen to own the best record in the NBA, thirty seven and fifteen. The Suns stumbled into the trip too. They got absolutely torched by Atlanta, one thirty two to one hundred on Wednesday night. The same night, the Celtics wrecked the Brooklyn Nets, one thirty nine to ninety six. And yes, that was part of the same ESPN doubleheader. The two teams met in. 
Phoenix in early December, and that was a Boston blowout, too. 125 to 98, Sun still without Devin Booker, who's nearing a return, but likely won't be back on the court until Tuesday in Brooklyn. Tonight's game gets underway at 5.30. Pre-game coverage at 5 on the Arizona Sports app and ESPN 620. That Suns game in Brooklyn on Tuesday, in which Booker could return, now will be featured nationally on TNT. The league made the call. Atlanta and New Orleans game and the Minnesota-Denver game were flexed out. Suns, Nets, and Thunder Lakers will now be the TNT doubleheader on Tuesday. Wow. And uh, only because LeBron is chasing a scoring record there. On that. 63 points away, Vinny. 63. People um, are saying he might he might shoot a skyhook for that last bucket. Mm. That would be a little too self-aggrandizing for my tastes. And then he'll come out and say, oh, that was my tribute to Kareem. Uh, speaking of Booker, he was <laughs> yeah. not named to the Western Conference All-Star Reserves as they were announced last night. Booker is averaging over 27 points per game. Certainly was in the MVP discussion before the groin injury. Instead, Paul George, Shea Gilgis, Alexander, Jaron Jackson Jr., Damian Lillard, Larry Markkinen, uh, Ja Morant, and DeMontis Sabonis were named for the Western Conference. In the East, it's Bam Adebayo, Jalen Brown, DeMar DeRozan, Joel Embiid, Tyrese Halliburton, Drew Holiday, and Julius Randle got the invites. The All-Star game, by the way, February 19th in Salt Lake City. Lots of reaction about it. A lot it. of Suns players getting, or Suns fans getting upset about this, and I'm like, I, I, I don't know how can you get upset about it when Devin Booker has missed so many games. But then... I, I get I get if you stack up who's an All-Star and you go, that guy's not better than Devin. I get that. What's worse, missing games for a legitimate injury in a chunk or just taking oh, so every other got, night off? You think he got rooked? I, I didn't expect him to make it, and I'm not. I don't really care that much, but I do have an issue with some of the guys that were picked. Okay, yeah, Paul, JJJ, Paul George, Jaron Jackson Jr. is averaging 16 points and six rebounds a game, and has played less minutes this year than Devin Booker. Yeah, still to this point, it, 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 it a lot of people are you know okay. wa- waving the disrespect right. flag and whatever. Uh, it's the All Star game. Last night in the right. NBA, the uh, LeBron James scored 26 points. Lakers got a road win at Indiana, one. 12-111, as Bick mentioned, he's just 63 points away from breaking the all-time scoring record. Memphis's tailspin continued. They lose at Cleveland. They've lost 7 of 8. Jamal Murray at 33 points. Another triple-double double for Nikola Jokic. Denver cruised past Golden State. And Giannis went off for 54-19 and for the Bucks as they beat the Clippers 106-105. ASU got a much-needed win over Oregon State. They beat the Beavers 68-57, clamping down late, holding Oregon State without a bucket for the final four. 43 of the contest. Devin, yeah. uh, Desmond Cambridge, 18 points. Devin Cambridge had 14 for the Devils who snapped their losing streak. How about Azulis Tabellis? 40 points, Vinny. First, wow. uh, first Wildcat to hit the 40-point mark since uh, Damon Stoudemire in 1995. Stoudemire? <laughs> yes, that guy. Uh, the Wildcats beat Oregon 91-76. Clayton Keller of the Coyotes among the Central Division players that will take part in the NHL All-Star Game this weekend in Sunrise, Florida. Forgive my uh, ignorance on Florida geography. All right. Where is Sunrise? Is it far out from Miami? I always just considered the Florida Panthers a Miami team. How far is Sunrise? It's in Broward County. Is I... That helps me. <laughs> well, the Panthers don't play in Miami. The Panthers play in Fort Lauderdale or something. They play in Sunrise, Jared. Follow the conversation. Well, no, no, but, but I'm saying I'm saying I don't I don't think it's even a suburb of Miami. I think it's a suburb of Fort Lauderdale. Oh, okay. Uh, he will also participate in the pitch and puck event. 
which is uh, players playing a par four golf hole with an island green using a combination of pucks and balls. Player with yeah. the lowest score wins. I know you're into this. I don't. I, I, still, I still can't picture it even with the description. Yeah. But whatever. Uh, the Diamondbacks will wear an advertising patch for the first time in 2023. The club unveiled the patch yesterday featuring the logo of Avnet, a global company that distributes electronic components that's based in Phoenix. This is the first season teams can wear ad patches, and the D-backs join the Red Sox and Padres as teams to unveil their patches already. Uh, I was confused on what sleeve it's going to be on. The picture the Diamondbacks put out, some of them had it on the left sleeve, some of them had it on the right sleeve. You kind of want it in the right sleeve, right? I, less pronounced when, the, when you're in the batter's box, I, I, if you're a right-handed I, hitter. I saw somebody say, too, it okay. depends if you're right-handed or left-handed, okay. it, it'll float around. I got gotcha. you. 20 years ago, this would have really, pro- really bugged me. I, I, I'm guessing they probably want it on the front shoulder. Yeah, probably. When you're in the batter's box. Yeah. yeah. So if you're a lefty, it's going to be on the yeah the right shoulder, and if you're right, you'll be on the left. Ah. There you go. There is your splash. We got for figured out. Friday, you're February 3rd. <laughs> what do you do then? Yeah. Put it right in the middle. Put it, put it right on the back, like the yeah. Bad News Bears and Chico's Bail Bonds. Uh, there's your splash for Friday, February 3rd. Coming up next. We're another day into it, the Arizona Cardinals coaching search, and um, some new questions arising. We'll get into those next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata Mornings, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, Cardinals head coaching search, update, update, update. I think it's all about relationships. I think it's all about connecting with all of the players on the team, not just a particular group of guys on the team. It's all of them. And um, that's that's one of the things I've, you know, as you mentioned, I'm not a guy that's going to go out there and toot my own horn, but I've always been able to get along with people. And um, that's what this business is. And that's what that job entails. It's leading men in the, in the direction that sometimes they don't want to go. Um, and, you know, to me, uh, that's what uh, makes a good head coach, among other things. But, uh, yeah, I'm hoping for that uh, uh, chance at some point. That is Cincinnati Bengals defensive coordinator Lou Anarumo from uh, last month on the Open Mic podcast with Mike Silver, which I looked up to see what uh, – because the, the, the cut is just labeled Open Mic podcast, Bick. Apparently everybody named Mike who's got a podcast – is called the Open Mic Podcast yes. or the Hot Mic Podcast, but I was able to find it. Uh, that's him talking about uh, the opportunity to be a head coach. Could it be here in Arizona? Luana Rumo, one of the guys, uh, candidates who uh, interviewed for the job, Brian Callahan, his counterpart, the offensive coordinator for the Bengals, also did that. Uh, it is February 3rd today. The Cardinals are now into uh, 25 days of their coaching search. And again, I pulled up my notes on this, Bick. Uh, in the last five coaching cycles that the Cardinals have participated in in finding a new head coach, the latest they've hired a coach was in 2018 on mm-hmm. January 22nd when they hired Steve Wilkes. So it drags yeah. on, and it, it makes me wonder now, is this just biding time until they can maybe talk to one of the Eagles candidates, Shane Steichen on the offensive side or Jonathan Gannon on the defensive side. As far as I can tell, there's been no link between those candidates and the team, but I think everything's possible now. Shane Steichen already just had his second interview set up with the Colts. Yeah, this is... I I honestly don't know what's going on right now. No, listen, I think you're not alone here. I, I do think that there's a lot of things that are complicating this picture, and I think we've talked about Kyler Murray, we've talked about the ownership bit, and and 
And then there's just the real um, awful realization that next year might just really stink Oof. out loud. <laughs> and I was already listening to one prognosticator yesterday said two worst teams in football ne- next year are straight out of the gate. Texans and the Cardinals are going to be d- god awful. And uh, that's awful. That's that's how far and how fast the Cardinals have fallen. So and and I think obviously if Kyler Murray weren't injured right now, it would be a little bit different. But that's that complicates things as well. I, I don't know. I don't know quite what they're doing yet either. But I, I think at this point in time, I would almost if they are not about to get Brian Flores and if something has gone, if there was zero connection after the interview with Brian Flores and it would seem safe to uh, assume that because why wouldn't you have hired him by now? If he was really going to be your guy. And especially with the lack of interest from then, other teams yeah. in Brian Flores as a head coach. Without a doubt. Then, then at this point in time, I have, I have no, I have no qualms in giving the job to Vance Joseph. And, and unless, unless you find a guy that really blows you away and you go, okay, this is really the dude. But even so, if, if they've got to start thinking about, we need, we might need to revisit this next year. The candidate pool now is is become so diluted and so marginalized that I don't know what the Cardinals are getting out of this. I don't know either. And, and yeah, that's one of the possibilities I considered, too. If it's Vance Joseph, is it a one-year plug-in? I mean, Vance Joseph certainly wouldn't sign off on that. It's not going to be advertised as that. But if you read the tea leaves and look at the future, and yeah, you got no Kyler Murray for half the season at least. DeAndre Hopkins, your top receiver, could be traded this offseason. Uh, you've got 28 unrestricted free agents. This team is going to look different, not necessarily better than it did last year. And, and like the Cardinals fan base is a, is a vocal fan base. They may not be the biggest fan base in the league, but they do they do talk about a lot of things on social media. And the reaction as this drags on is starting to go like, all right, let's just get a coach now. Mm-hmm. Like I don't want it if it's this guy. If if it's Vance Joseph, I'll stop rooting for this team. I've seen reactions as as harsh as that, but now it's just like, okay, get on with it. It's part of the team's master plan, Vinny. It's sort of numb you into lower standards <laughs> to the point where you don't care. Just hire anybody. Hire Carlin. <laughs> the Arizona Ferrets. <laughs> just hire, yeah, let him be the head coach. Imagine him dialing up plays. Coach Carlin, what do we got? Zip, 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 zip. Zip, 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 on three. You know what, guys? Practice is canceled on Wednesday. I'm really dragging ass right. today. I'm really dragging ass today. <laughs> I feel like that switched for me from Wednesdays to Thursdays now. Good to know. Yeah. Go. I get a little wackier on Thursdays. But we, we brought that up yesterday with sort of what you were saying about Vance Joseph, how much it'll feel like the Lovey Smith in the, in, with the Texans year. That's just that. Yeah. Destined, you know, set up to fail for a one year and to replace Listen, him. Listen, Vance Joseph has got one year left on his contract. If if at this point in time, if I were Michael Bidwell, I would come in and I'd say, listen, I'm going to honor that contract. I'm going to make you the head coach. I'm going to give you this much of a bump in pay. We're going to talk again after the end of the year and see what he says. What's he going to do? Say no? No. Yeah. It, it just because, again, I, I, don't, I don't know what the point is. When you start interviewing candidates where people who cover them on the ground in New York City go, I don't know what to talk to him for. <laughs> Guy's got no personality at all. The offense sucked. What are they talking to him for? He's not really much of a leader. He's not much of a leader. Well, the offense was okay, I guess. I don't even know why you guys are calling me. What do you you want me to talk about? This clown? 
<laughs> so when, when you get that, you really kind of got to step back and reevaluate evaluate what you're doing here. Dan, what do you think about Mike right. Kafka as a candidate? Uh, who? Uh, who? <laughs> they interviewed him? Yeah, that's just so brutal. That is just so brutal. And, and that's kind of what it feels like now. It kind of feels like, and, and again, I'm, I, I don't want to get too crazy with it because I do think Michael Bidwell at least did the right thing in, in, in realizing, okay, we have got to bring in a new GM. We have got to get a different person in charge yes. of this organization because that is, I mean, that, that, is, that was truly the drag on this football team. And that I, should be assigned to any of these candidates who are reportedly might be dragging their feet mm-hmm. or looking at the Cardinals as an opportunity uh, where they don't feel that they can win and be successful, that should at least be a sign. Hey, we're trying to change things. The other here, here's the other thing because a lot of people, you know, you, you see things in in very narrow terms, and and when you start talking about Michael Bidwell's um, uh, heavy handed involvement, if you want to phrase it that way, we've all seen anecdotal stuff that makes you think that okay, this might be a this might be a deterrent for people. Yeah, you have to you have to realize the general the previous general manager indulged all of that. So who's to say if a real GM who really had a clue about what he was doing and understood truly how to build a football team and not how to save his own backside, you would you would you would step back and you'd tell that owner, look, I, I got to be straight with you, man. This is not the way we, we can do this thing. So, uh, again, it's not all on Michael Bidwell. I'm just uh, I think a lot of this, a lot of what has ailed the Cardinals institutionally can be changed by a real competent general manager who knows what he's doing. Yeah. Hopefully they've got that. If they've got that piece, they have made progress, yeah. regardless of what they do with the head coach. And it might be a slow march to the future, but at least they're pointed yeah, in the right at direction. At least they're going, at least they're on a better path. Yeah. And so to me, I, I can't lose sight of that, even though I think they had a great opportunity in Sean Payton. But again, we don't know what Sean Payton's motives were. We we really don't know no. what if they really had a real swing of the bat at him or not. I don't know. It's just, it'd be, but you're right. I, I saw some of that yesterday too. Just hire somebody already. <laughs> I don't care anymore. Yeah, I don't care anymore. Fallout Boy is heading to Talking Stick Resort Amphitheater for their So Much for Dust tour on uh, June 30th. Tickets go on sale today at 10 a.m. You can win a pair now by visiting the contest page at ArizonaSports.com. Coming up next, the uh, Phoenix Suns hitting the road for a pivotal road trip, which will be a tough one tonight in Boston. And their best players getting close to getting back. We'll get into some of the latest Suns talk next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Dan Bickley, Vince Murata. Bickley and Murata mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. It is the Friday edition of Bickley and Murata mornings, live from the Octane Community Studios. Dan Bickley, Vince Murata, Jarrett Carlin, and uh, pretty much statewide today because Sarah Cazell coming to us from... The old Pueblo in Tucson. Hey. Hey. How is it down there, Sarah? It's great. I'm waking up all my neighbors. It's so good. Nice. <laughs> nice. Well, good. Are they knocking on your door? Yeah. <laughs> Not yet, Keep but I can hear murmuring, yeah. Yeah. murmuring down the hall. But I got to be there for the 40-point game by Azulis Tubelis last night. So yeah, that, that, that was pretty fun. That had to be cool. Yeah, the energy was awesome. Yeah, sixteen. Makes my job easier. Mix in a missed shot once in a while. These college <laughs> basketball guys aren't supposed to make shots. Kirk Crease has got that covered. Don't you worry. <laughs> 
Anyway, uh, Suns are in Boston tonight to start their road trip. Uh, won't have Devin Booker on the court, so we won't have that storyline of, hey, Devin Booker's going back to the building where he scored 70. He's getting close to a return. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Suns are being very cautious with it. Uh, I think it's going to be about 20, 21 or 22 games missed yeah. uh, by, by the time Devin Booker comes back. And that date that circled is Tuesday now uh, against the Brooklyn Nets mm-hmm. as that road trip continues. Um, you know, on the Booker front, we kind of tossed it around. I don't think it's a huge deal that Devin Booker didn't make the All Star team. Um, you can you can certainly feel differently. I'm not telling you how to feel, but when you miss this many games in a row mm-hmm. going into the All Star break, I I think it's it's difficult to get the recognition. Yeah, and it is kind of frustrating if you're a fan of Booker or or a player who's had that same kind of trajectory in terms of missed time. Mm-hmm. Like Jaron Jackson Jr. got to the All Star game despite his very pedestrian numbers, and he missed a bunch of games to start the season, but now he's healthy. Yeah, It seems like there's a difference in in, in that viewpoint from the coaches who named the reserves. I, I mean, he's he, tonight's game is going to be the 20th consecutive game he has missed. Mm-hmm. I don't know how anybody can feel... Um, angry or snub for him not being part of the All-Star team. I, and again, if, if you want to start comparing it to guys who are, okay, I, I get that. But again, this is, this is supposed to be a reward for seasons in progress, for guys who are having really breakout kind of years in progress. Now, I know, uh, the, the voting mechanisms and all that, it, it's taken that premise and it's, it's bastardized it, it's changed it, all that. I, I just, I have a hard time finding the outrage over Devin Booker when he's like like I said tonight's twenty consecutive games he's missed I, that's that's a gigantic chunk of time yeah to end it to say well you know what you're a really good player and it's not your fault you're injured you're an all star that's not how it's supposed to be in my opinion no and so if you want to be worked up about Devin Booker I'm not talking about you I'm talking about collectively if you want to be go ahead have at it I'm, I'm just not there with you I think there are other players in the Western Conference that should feel more slighted than Devin Booker Anthony Davis has been hurt but uh, and I guess it's similar to book the numbers he's put up have been unbelievable when he's been out there mm-hmm. he got the snub Anthony Edwards um, has been very good and very available for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Mm-hmm. He didn't get the nod. De'Aaron Fox in Sacramento. There's a name. He didn't get the nod, and he was very deserving. He's been a tremendous clutch player this year. So um, uh, I think there's issues. How many games has Paul George missed? He was named a reserve. How many games has he missed? Paul George. I believe he's played seven more games than yeah, Devin Booker. That, that ain't he's, a ton. He's played in 38 games um, this year, and the Clippers have played 29-26-55, so he's missed 17 games this year. Okay. All right. So I, I mean, mean, Zion is that's a starter. Ballpark. <laughs> yeah. But that's, he's hardly played that's this different. year. The, the, I know. That's I mean, the way they, are different. The way they de- uh, you know, determine the starters is... Is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've also identified next week, and, and it's not just us identifying it. It's a fact. It's a big week for the Phoenix Suns when you consider oh, all oh, things. Oh, They're oh, in the middle oh. of a big road trip. Uh-huh. Matt Ishbia one uh, will be Two. announced on uh, Wednesday as is, the new now, owner. Is that official? It, I mean, it's been out there. It's not been, it's been refuted. Out there. It's not been refuted. But has it been? I, I heard. I heard people rumbling at the last Suns home game that. 
it, it's a it's a difficulty because they are on a road trip and a lot of their staff has to fly has to come fly back, back for in the middle it. of the road it. trip. Yeah, I got it. So I think it is happening. Uh, and then Thursday, of course, is the trade deadline. We got to get into this, Bic. All right. <laughs> There's so many trade rumors. All right. There was a story we've got it on uh, yeah, on Arizona Sports um, that the Suns and the Raptors reportedly talked about a DeAndre Ayton sign and trade last summer that mm. did not come to fruition. The Raptors are at the top of everybody's list as a team. Hey, they got players that could be had, whether it's OG Ananobi, Fred Van Vliet, Pascal Siakam, Gary Trent Jr. They got some good players that are coveted around the league. I think that simple fact that, that you know that was reported this week kind of opens the door maybe for DeAndre Ayton possibilities again. I, I don't know. Well, again, DeAndre Ayton yeah. has veto power to so anything. He'd have to want to go to Toronto, yes. right? And so, and you wonder what he would think about that. I I, I would think that DeAndre Ayton, for as as goofy and as as what's the word I'm looking for, um. Strangely engaged as he can be at times, I think he would be smart enough to look around and realize, okay, things aren't the same here for me in terms of the way they look at me, in terms of you know their commitment to me. Um, so I, I I would hope that on I would hope he wouldn't stand in the way if the if the Suns find something they like because I am at the point quite honestly and and I'll say it declaratively I'm ready to move off of DeAndre Aiden. I I just am, yeah. and that's maybe a highly personal thing. I'm not saying I'm right. I'm just ready. If this was a year ago, if this was two years ago, and these rumors were popping up, I would be standing on the table saying no. This guy's still developing, mm-hmm. and he might still be developing. But I I I mean, I haven't given up on DeAndre Ayton, but I expected more of an upward curve in year five. I right. just did. Um, Kevin Pelton from ESPN kind of outlined what he thinks a trade could look like. Ayton, Sharich, a 2023 first-round pick, uh, swapping picks in 26, a 2027 first-round pick, uh, going to Toronto for Pascal Siakam. <sighs> Sign me up. <laughs> Sign me up yesterday. There were other um, ESPN writers who offered trades that they would like to see. There was a couple on the Jay Crowder front. The first one from Tim Bontemp signed me up for this one. Crowder to Brooklyn for Seth Curry, Kessler Edwards, and two second-round picks. I'd like that trade. So you could do both. Well, no, because Crowder would be... Was Crowder part of that first trade to Toronto? Not the one outlined by Pelton, no. No. You could do both of those? I'll take that team. The second one from Andre Snellings. Crowder and Cameron Payne to the Lakers... (laughs) For Patrick Beverly, Wenyan Gabriel, <laughs> and Juan Toscano Anderson. Do you know how bad I want that to happen? Just, I, you know just how to put bad me I in the spotlight. <laughs> we were fighting about this before the show. You're like, you would root for Patrick yes. Beverly. I'm like, I wouldn't. I can't say I wouldn't because I can't wait again, to you and Brandon to, to the love you're going to have to pour at Pet Bev. I'll say this though. <laughs> I, I can say this unequivocally, and I believe this with every fiber of my being. Right. I would rather have Jay Crowder sit on the couch for the rest <laughs> of the season than to make that. 
And I know it's just, hey, it's some uh-huh. writer throwing stuff at a wall. To Half of it is to get, to get some reaction. Do glad, you think Patrick Beverly would be welcomed? you think Patrick Beverly would be welcomed in a locker room that still has Chris Paul in it? The, the first time that he kicked Dylan Brooks in the jewels, everybody would celebrate him in Phoenix. Why don't you just go get D- Dylan Brooks? And <laughs> what makes that trade worse? I can't even explain why. I have an irrational dislike of Juan Toscano Anderson, too. I can't explain. Really? Yes. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> I read that and I was like, oh, ah, blood yeah. pressure rising. Uh-huh. Uh, you can Maybe we get, let, let's let's trade for Jose Alvarado, Patrick oh. Beverly, <laughs> Dylan, Dylan Brooks, Brooks. Grayson uh-huh. Allen. Grayson Allen. Let's, yeah, let's just, yeah. Robert Ory. Light up our the whole thing. Let's lean into it, man. Text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Coming up next, Aaron Rodgers. Killing dreams in the Bay Area? Maybe. We'll get into that and more NFL hash marks next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata Mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata. Hash marks. Hi, Aaron. Hi, Cole. You got any news you want to share with us? Not going to San Fran. <laughs> you look great with a cowboy star on your helmet. That was at the tee box at the uh, Pebble Beach Pro-Am, which is going on this week before Aaron Rodgers hit a really nice tee shot, by the way. Uh, right on the green. Kind of yeah, I've seen him, I've off seen him play rough. golf. Yeah. I've seen him play. He's not, he's not bad. He's, he's not bad. He's pretty good. Not yeah. going to San Fran. Not going and, there. Not happening. How about the interviewer following up? You'd look good with a, a Dallas star on your helmet. He must be a Cowboys fan. And I feel for Dak Prescott catching strays at a golf tournament. How about that, right? Yeah. Yeah, so do I. So do I. Yeah, so do I. Um, this is going to be, we kind of teased it yesterday. And looking at what is ahead this offseason, this is going to be a wild quarterback offseason in the NFL, even without Tom Brady sticking around. And who knows? Maybe he has a change of heart in 38 days. That would be such a bad look if he did. I, I think he's truly done. I, I really, really do. And I think the story is more complicated than any of us know. But that just that, that's just me. I, I think that... Um, yeah, but we also thought this going into last year. Last year was the first year we had this crazy amount of musical chairs with marquee quarterbacks, guys going from one place to another, from Russell Wilson leaving Seattle, which felt like a earth-shattering kind of event, mm-hmm. uh, to, to Matt Ryan resurfacing in Indianapolis, which was a disaster. Carson Wentz with the Commanders, disaster. Who am I missing? There was another big-name... So whatever. So so I, I think everything that went down last year in terms of quarterback movement, uh, the impact did not was it was not Sean Watson. Did yeah, that's there you there go. You go. Did not, that was not very good either. No, <laughs> that did not sort of meet uh, the expectations. This year is going to be interesting as well. I, I completely agree with you. The Aaron Rodgers piece is fascinating because um, the Jets GM, according to the New York Post and others, is going around telling people they're going in. They're they're in. On Aaron Rodgers. I don't doubt it. And yet, if you're the Packers, you've got to ask yourself, okay, you you look at the NFC right now, and the NFC is so eminently winnable because there are just, there's a lot of good quarterbacks clustered at the top. Where are the elite quarterbacks in the NFC? Are we ready to call Jalen Hurts an elite quarterback? Maybe after a week from Sunday, we will be. Yeah, I mean, elite 
with a kind of a twist, you know, a twisted definition of elite because he doesn't have the gaudy passing numbers that you normally equate to the elite quarterbacks. But what he does for that team is elite. He's, I mean, he, he is arguably already the best leader at the position in the sport. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to say that. Okay, Dan Orlovsky went as far to say this on ESPN. He's the next guy. Like he's he's the next one, and the a, and the NFC needs it. Like the NFC needs that. I have a buddy who works for Samsung. This guy named Dave Phelps who works in marketing. He said he's the most marketable player in the NFL for the next ten years, just because all of the things that he represents. So I'm with you. I, I think he's the next guy. And he might have a Super Bowl title in a little bit more than a week. Um, back to the Aaron Rodgers front. There's the the Vegas flirtations, um, you know, a lot was made last offseason. Devontae Adams gets traded from the, the Packers to the Raiders, mm-hmm. reuniting with his college quarterback, best friends. Derek Carr didn't last the season, mm-hmm. and more on Derek Carr in a second. Uh, so now, could Aaron Rodgers end up and reunite with his top target in Green Bay and Vegas? There was a webs- uh, uh, a Twitter account. Las Vegas locally was in some sort of exchange with Devontae Adams. Asked the question, which neighborhood is Aaron Rodgers 12 moving to? Devontae Adams said, mine. <laughs> wow. I think that's a, a distinct possibility as well. I, 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 yeah, I, if I yeah. was going to you know, handicap it right now, I think the Jets have serious interest, and they should. And I think the Raiders have serious interest, and right. they should. So, so you wonder, you wonder with, the, with Aaron Rodgers, why was he so dismissive of the 49ers like that? Yeah, he, he singled them out. Yeah, he's. I am not on a be, vague I'm question. Not going to be there. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Now he would probably backtrack and say, "Yeah, I've got no plans to visit San Francisco this <laughs> off season. They uh, don't have good ayahuasca there." Right, right. <laughs> uh, the Derek uh, Carr situation. Carr got named to the Pro Bowl. I watched very little of the Pro Bowl uh, goofiness on Thursday night. I'll be honest. I forgot it was on. It was a little. I did get a chuckle watching professional athletes play dodgeball and be serious about it. But anyway, uh, Derek Carr won the passing accuracy competition. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's talking with Ryan Clark from uh, ESPN after that. Listen, Derek, you've thrown touchdown passes in Vegas before. You've been on fire. Have you ever been that hot in Las Vegas? Not that hot. It's uh, probably why I'm going somewhere else. <laughs> That's, that's a good. great self-deprecating line right there. And you yeah. know how much we if I can only be that good during a regular season, I might not be leaving there. We appreciate self-deprecation yes, on this, we do. On this we particular radio do. show. We definitely do. Um, Derek, uh, early on, I thought when, when the Derek Carr situation unfolded in Vegas, I was like, yeah, he makes sense for the Jets next year. Um, I, don't, I don't necessarily see that. Derek Carr might be... I don't know. Could he be the next Indianapolis retread? I, yes. Yes. That looks like that definitely looks like a spot to me. Because they will draft a quarterback. Mm-hmm. They've got a high draft pick. They will get a quarterback in the first round. There's, you know, a lot of people that are in love with this quarterback class. A lot of people have questions about this quarterback class. But Derek Carr would afford to the opportunity to ease somebody Derek, into that position. I, Derek Carr, I think, and again, I'm not getting crazy with this, but, but Indianapolis is a unique market. And culturally, you kind of have to know what you're getting into. I think Derek Carr is a really good fit. He's kind of got that, even though he's a California kid, he's kind of got this folksy, aw shucks kind of thing going on. Mm -hmm. He's very spiritual. He's very religious. Culturally, he fits 
perfectly in Indianapolis. Not so much in Las Vegas is what you're trying to say? Yeah, that's kind of what I'm saying. That's kind of what I'm saying. Maybe that was a failure from day one. And, and I'm, Tampa? I'm really surprised. See, now, that that to me, yeah, that to me is if if I was Tampa, that's exactly where I would go. If I, if I was looking for my next quarterback short-term bridge guy, that's where I'm targeting. Because that's a roster that is looking for a short-term guy, not and, yeah, to start over. And they've got and they've got some wideouts, and they can take the top off, and Derek Carr can throw the ball deep. And Mike Evans was very underutilized last year. So I just, to me, I, I think that's a great place for him. culturally. I think it's Indianapolis. I'm stunned it didn't work in Vegas for him because I've always thought Derek Carr was underrated. I'm not sure I believe that anymore. I think Derek Carr might be exactly who he has presented himself as being a guy that can be a guy, the guy that can roll hot, and yes. when he's hot, he can roll through you. He's a more likable Kirk Cousins. That's what he is. Well said. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. That's that's. I like that. He's uh, a more likable Kirk Cousins. Coming up next. That's very true. They're very alike. <laughs> the Arizona Cardinals still looking for a head coach. How much influence does Kyler Murray have on this, good or bad? We'll get into that question straight ahead. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on this Friday. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.